Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duckstream. I am your host, Alexis Downey, coming to you from the Paul Korea studio. I hope you're having a great Wednesday as this is the 26th edition of Light the Lamp already. We passed that 25 mark on Monday and it is hard to believe we are flying through these episodes as the season moves along. So I want to take a minute to thank you guys for listening to Light the Lamp through all of these so far and many more to come. The Anaheim Ducks had a big comeback win at home on Tuesday night during Hockey Fights Cancer Night against the Detroit Red Wings. It was certainly an emotional night, but really nice to see everyone come together. Everyone holding their I Fight For signs as a moment of recognition during the game. That was certainly special. Now, the action on the ice did not disappoint as the Ducks won in overtime thanks to a passing play between Ryan Strom and Trevor Zegras. Also to note, Sam Carrick was back in the team's lineup for the first time after having hip surgery back in May. He spent four games on loan to the San Diego Gulls, the team's AHL affiliate, before suiting up on Tuesday night. So here are AD's takeaways from the game. The Ducks simply only like to win in overtime. Five wins this season, and all of them are in overtime. So I'll be curious to see when they finally get that regulation win. But one thing I will say is the goaltending has been excellent in overtime. Hats off to Anthony Stolars and John Gibson. The team played very similar to how they looked versus Chicago over the weekend. They stayed out of the box decently well to keep their emotions in check. This was something that head coach Dallas Akins noted in the post game. But the third period was a little bit of craziness, a bit of penalties, and that one. The Ducks even having a five-on-three opportunity that they weren't able to capitalize on. But they did find success later on to tie it up. Now, Detroit's speed was on display on their rushes, I thought, in this game. The team is very fast and skilled, but the Ducks did a good job on the back check to keep Detroit's speed in check. Now, of the three goals that Anaheim scored, Mason McTavish netted a power play goal, the second goal for him of the season. Always important to capitalize on the power play as the Ducks haven't done so as much this season, but good to see them doing so last night. Plenty of pucks on net in the final minutes, too, I will say, if you were watching the game. And it was so awesome to see John Klingberg find the back of the net, his first of the season. The team had an empty net with an extra man on the ice, and his goal was huge to send the game into overtime. Klingberg right now has eight points through the season. And I think that kind of goal in a moment like that really is going to give him some confidence as we move into the next couple games. He was such a goal scorer in Dallas, and we haven't seen that from him, especially on the power play so far this season. So getting that goal, I think, was a really big moment for him. Ryan Strom, as I mentioned, netted the overtime winner with just 50 seconds left. He was so excited after the game and said the team had a winning mindset from the very beginning. He thought they brought a full 60-minute effort, and they were certainly rewarded. They found a way to win. We've seen that resiliency from the Ducks throughout the season a little bit in moments, and I was very pleased that they were able to get this one done last night. 
also because it helps them as they move on to the road in the next couple games. One last thing I want to note from the game, John Gibson and Nett is now four victories away from matching Guy Bear for the second most in Ducks history for a netminder. The team hits the road for the remainder of the week as they take on the Winnipeg Jets on Thursday night, followed by two games in St. Louis versus the Blues on Saturday and then on Monday. Listen here on Duckstream to the call from Steve Carroll, Dan Wood, and Josh Brewster. It's time to go coast to coast to hear some of the best goal calls from around the NHL on Tuesday night. Beginning this one a little differently, the Anaheim Ducks and Detroit Red Wings overtime winner from our very own Steve Carroll. Gives it to Trevor Zegras. In on goal, shoots, and it's blocked in front of the net by Heronic. And Detroit turns it over. Here's Strom, front of the net, Strom scores! Ryan Strom scores! With the help of Trevor Zegras, off to the other side of the net, Anaheim wins the game with 49.4 left, the final 3-2. The team is now 5-10-1 on the season. Next up, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars on Tuesday night. It was a big win for the Lightning in overtime, 5-4. to four. The Lightning improved to 9-6-1 on the season. Alex Kalor netted the overtime winner, and Steven Stamkos helped on this one as a part of his 500th NHL assist. Listen to the call from Lightning's David Mishkin. 50-50, and it comes to Sergachev in the far corner. He's being checked. Robertson to steal, but his drop pass taken away by Stamkos. Stamkos looking to get away from Bantam. Middle Sergachev. Now to Kalorn across the blind, two on one. Kalorn left circle. Holds. Shoot score! Kalorn! Kalorn wins it! 5 4 Lightning in overtime! The Philadelphia Flyers and Columbus Blue Jackets also faced off on Tuesday night. The Flyers coming back to tie it in the third period with just 10.46 to go. But the Blue Jackets worked a tic-tac-toe passing play into the zone with Vladislav Gavrikov netting the game winner to close it out for Columbus 5-4. Here is the call by Bob McElligot. Konecki now hands it off to Hayes. Hayes wanted to go to Konecki, and it got blocked, and here come the Blue Jackets. They got their chance. Three on one. Chinikov up the left wing side, throws it to the middle, cylinder down low. There's a score! And I got two words for you. Game over! Vladislav Gavrikov takes the feed from Yegor Chinikov, and the Blue Jackets win it in overtime. And the last one on the docket, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. John Tavares had the icebreaker for the Leafs in Pittsburgh Tuesday night. In the first period, plenty of time to turn around and shoot it with an open lane in front of him. It was his 400th career goal. And funny to note, he scored his very first career goal also versus Pittsburgh. Listen to the call from Joe Bowen. Leafs grab it again. Out Tavares and across the line for Marner. Marner into the corner. One hands it back at the net. Played off the boards to the point. Kept in to Tavares. Tavares with a shot and scores! Number 400 for Johnny Tavares. And the Maple Leafs open the scoring one to nothing. 
The Maple Leafs went on to win that game 5-2. to two. Now, a team that I want to look at now before we close out coast to coast, the New Jersey Devils have been on an incredibly hot streak right now. They have won 10 games in a row as of Wednesday today. This is the third longest winning streak in their franchise history. They're currently second in the Eastern Conference with 26 points behind the Bruins. Jesper Bratt has led the group with 21 points, followed by Jack Hughes with 18. This team has been building the last couple of seasons, and I'm really not surprised to see that they are finally getting rewarded it's also important to remember that they have Andrew Burnett behind the bench as an assistant coach who was with the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers last season. So a lot of great experience on the coaching side. Now, as a part of Hockey Fights Cancer Night on Tuesday, the Ducks partnered with the Jesse Reese Foundation by creating a joy drive for fans to bring small toy cars to donate. The Jesse Reese Foundation was founded by Eric and Stacy Reese, and their mission is to ensure every courageous kid fighting cancer has the support to never, ever give up. Prior to Tuesday night's Hockey Fights Cancer Night, I talked with Eric Reese about the foundation and their partnership with the Ducks over the years. Joined now by Eric Reese, the co-founder of the Jesse Reese Foundation. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us here on Light the Lamp. Uh, so I, I want to go back a little bit and hear more about Jesse's story and the beginning of this journey and where it all began for the foundation, too. Yeah. Um, so March 3rd, 2011, my wife, Stacy and I were told that our 11-year-old daughter, Jesse had cancer. Obviously, the worst news any parent can ever hear. And then unfortunately they told us it was terminal and we would have maybe 12 to 18 months with her. So <clears throat> I tried to seek 42 second opinions from all around the world and they all came back the same conclusion um, because the brain tumor she had was in her brain stem and it just was not something that could be cured. So we um, quickly put her on a clinical trial at Children's Hospital of Orange County. And that um, trial consisted of many rounds of radiation, chemotherapy, doctor visits, so forth and so on. And so we started our daily trek um, to Chalk. Jesse was outpatient. And uh, about three weeks into the treatment plan, we were leaving the parking garage and Jesse was in the back seat. My wife, Stacy, was next to me. And she basically said, Mom, Dad, when do all the other kids get to come home? And so we had to explain to her there's um, various types of pediatric cancer, and some cause kids to stay in the hospital weeks, some spend months, and unfortunately, some can spend multiple months. And literally, the next words out of her mouth have changed the tapestry of our lives because mm -hmm. she simply asked one question, five words, how can we help them? And to be honest with you, I wasn't thinking about them. I was trying to save my daughter's life. But Jesse just had this burden for the kids that could not leave the hospital. So we came home and um, we put Jesse on the couch because radiation made her very tired. Mm -hmm. My wife and I went into our home office just to talk about what we were hearing from the doctors. And then when we came out, she had moved from the couch to our kitchen island 
and she was coloring um, brown paper lunch bags uh -huh. um, with like brave, smile, get well, mm -hmm. um, all these various positive statements. And she was putting stickers on them. And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, I was thinking I could put my beanie babies in these and we could deliver them to the kids that can't leave the hospital. And I was like, you're serious about this. Mm. She said, yes, I would love to do something. And so we ended up talking to the hospital. They said that Jesse could bring something, but it had to be new toys, new games, age appropriate, nothing sharp, nothing choking, no food, no mm -hmm. lotion, so forth and so on. And they said the brown paper bag wasn't a, wasn't good just because of the kids have compromised immune systems. So that weekend we sat around as, as a family and there was a jar on one of our countertops and Jesse said, what about a jar? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I could put toys in a jar. <laughs> and so we ended up creating joy jars. Jesse's middle name was joy. Um, and so she started filling these 64 ounce plastic jars stuffed with new games, toys and activities for kids fighting cancer anywhere from about three months old up to 16, 17 um, in the Joy Factory at that time, which was our garage. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, on January 5th, 2012, we got 10 months and two days with Jess. Um, she lost her fight to cancer. Um, and Jesse's motto through this entire, her entire journey was NEGU, stands for never ever give up, N-E-G-U. Mm. And so we, talked to Jesse's little brother and big sister who had kind of unfortunately fallen to the sidelines a little bit, just as we were trying to navigate all this chaos that was happening and said, you guys, do you want to, you know, close a chapter or do we want to write a new chapter? And Jesse's big sister said, dad, Jesse's motto was never, ever give up. How can we? And so we all stuck our arms over the kitchen island and said, kind of like in a huddle and said, one, two, three, Jesse. And we decided to keep um, the mission moving forward and helping kids fighting cancer um, all around the world. Um, Jesse had stuffed a little over 3,000 jars during her 10 months and two day fight. Uh, mm -hmm. We now have sent out over 400,000 joy jars to kids fighting cancer in all 50 states and 54 countries. And yes, we celebrate that, but unfortunately every year, 400,000 more children are diagnosed with cancer. So. We are, have a big mission to spread a lot of joy. Um, we don't cure cancer. We cure bad days caused mm -hmm. by cancer. And uh, we're just so grateful that the Ducks continue to choose to pick us for Hockey Fights Cancer. This is our fifth year with them. And because of the generosity of the Ducks fans and everything that goes on during the game and um, people donating, um, we've been able to send out over 2,500 joy jars to kids locally oh. just because of the wonderful support of Ducks fans and the Ducks organization. And we're just so grateful and we look forward to um, tonight's game. What are some of the things that are in the joy jars now? So depends on the age group because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, <clears throat> it has to be age appropriate. But let's just say for um, kids that are, you know, five to seven you know, they could have Hot Wheels, crayons, Legos, um, all different types of different types of games, activities. Um, every one of Jesse's joy jars includes a rubber ducky, no matter what your Aww. age is, because she put a rubber ducky in every one of hers. Um, some of the older kids get whoopee cushions because Jesse loved whoopee <laughs> cushions. Um, 
but you know, the joy jar to us is just kind of the tip of the spear mm-hmm. um, because of HIPAA, um, we can't download a database from Google. And so what we do is partner with hundreds and hundreds of children's hospitals around the world and send joy jars out to them. And then inside every one of Jesse's joy jars is information for families to come to our website and learn about all um, uh, other programs that we have to support not only the parents, the super sibs, the entire family for 18, 24 months um, to continue to encourage them to, to never, ever give up. And we just never want a family to feel alone. We want them to feel loved and encouraged to keep fighting. Do you have any stories that stand out in your mind uh, specifically of delivering joy jars to kids or anything maybe recent that really just brought a smile to your face? Well, every time I get the honor of uh, delivering a joy jar to a child fighting cancer in a hospital and seeing them smile is a tremendous honor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of COVID, things had slowed down with our hospital engagements. Thankfully, those things are picking back up. Um, but I can remember a time when I had the honor of walking in with one of our all-stars, which is a professional athlete, uh, um, to deliver <clears throat> some joy jars to kids fighting cancer up actually in Portland, Oregon. And um, when we walked in, we met a little boy uh, named Jordan, and uh, he you could just tell he was not having the greatest of days. And so uh, we ended up bringing a jar to him and sitting with him and encouraging him and just letting him know that we're there to, you know, support and encourage him. And, you know, as he opened the jar and unpacked it, because there's like, you know, 10 to I mean, 15 to 18, 20 items in each one of the Mm -hmm. joy jars. So there was just, he had a lot to open up and he's, we just started talking to him and he started smiling. And, um, you know, when we left, the mom and dad had said, thank you so much. I haven't, we haven't seen our son smile in weeks. Um, So that was obviously a very special time for us. Now with the motto, never, ever give up, how much of an impact has it had also in your daily life to outside of all of the work with the organization and foundation? Well, never, ever give up is a mindset that we obviously embrace every day. Um, I wake up every day with two goals to reach another child and raise another dollar. And, um, you know, I miss my daughter with everything and every ounce of my body, but I know that I have a mission to continue um, in her honor and her legacy. And so I embrace never, ever give up every day um, because just wanted every kid fighting cancer to receive a joy jar and be encouraged to never, ever give up. And again, why I stated earlier, while we've reached a lot of children, there's still a lot of children that are out there that we believe deserve um, a boost of joy the opportunity to smile and and be encouraged to never, ever give up. With Hockey Fights Cancer Night tonight and getting to be a part of this, how can Ducks fans get involved with your organization? Yeah, so, you know, we love that the Ducks fans will, you know, over the years we've done crazy sock drives, hot wheel drives, there's all fun drives. And so there's a special drive tonight that I know the Ducks are working on. And then obviously Ducks fans can bid on the awesome jerseys because all of those Mm -hmm. funds um, come to us so we can send more joy jars out and they can jump over to our website, negu.org and uh, click the button that says get involved. There's all kinds of ways to either come to our joy factory. That's in Irvine, California and actually helps stuff joy jars. 
Um, some companies choose to actually host our mobile joy factory where they can um, stuff joy jars on site. Um, mm. We actually just did a mobile joy factory um, with the ducks and some of the ducks uh, wives and stuff uh, recently. And that was really fun to have the mobile joy factory travel up to Anaheim. So there's all kinds of ways, no matter if you're local or national, um, to get involved and to um, play a part in encouraging kids fighting cancer to never, ever give up. Can you talk about the relationship the organization has with the Ducks? Obviously, having partnered for the past five, this is now the fifth one. So what? how has this relationship grown over the years and, um, you know, in the support, too? Yeah, I mean, we're humbled and honored that the Ducks would choose us. There are so many other incredible charities in Orange County, and they graciously have picked our organization as their local one to support. And so, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, we're continually trying to build a brand. Not not everybody knows about us. Um, so when you can, you know, be on a, a, <clears throat> a stream like this or you can be on Fox or whatever the latest, you know, sports broadcasts mm -hmm. that I've been on in the past um, or the radio interviews, um, you know, it's just, it's an awesome opportunity to create awareness and then, you know, to be able to have our PSA run in front of, you know, 17,000 fans is always great too. So in the duck fans are just always so generous um, and we're just so grateful. So, you know, <clears throat> we are grateful that the ducks continue to rally behind kids fighting cancer. And, uh, you know, we've, done a, some special engagements over the years with some players um, that uh, unfortunately are no longer with the Ducks. But um, one year we actually got to have the 21st Duck, Katie Holly, which is a, an amazing ambassador for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ricard Raquel do a lot of um, awesome engagements and encouraging Katie to never, ever give up. So we're just grateful for the Ducks in so many ways. What are some upcoming events that the Jesse Reese Foundation needs volunteers for? So uh, in December, um, we have what we call the Santa Stroll, um, which is uh, an outside event at Santa Margarita Catholic High School where people gather, four or 500 people will come in and stroll, meaning walk around the track for 46 minutes because every day 46 kids in the United States are diagnosed with cancer. So that's that's one event coming up and then um in in uh, the spring we have our annual gala and um in september which is childhood cancer awareness month we have our annual golf tournament eric reese so great to have you join us here on light the lamp today i'm really excited to see the activations tonight at hockey fights cancer night and thank you so much for all of the work you've been doing to keep jesse's spirit with us too well, thank you so much for having me. We look forward to it and go Ducks. <laughs> really inspiring to see all of the work that the Jesse Reese Foundation has done and continues to do. It's time for my final quack for this episode where I share my last thoughts before the end of the show. I will not have a light the lamp episode this Friday at the end of the week. I'm taking some time to go back home to Ohio to see some family and friends. I'm really looking forward to it, but I will be watching our ducks as they hit the road. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back again for more hockey talk here on DuckStream. 
This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duckstream.